right, so today on the podcast, I'm actually going to be interviewing someone who is an executive coach at his company called Cloud9 Living. He's a two-time author, three-time founder, and a TEDx speaker. And uh, we're going to get into how he actually got his TED Talk, what his process was like, and what exactly he means by guiding people to their Cloud9 lives. Uh, basically helps people, you know, get their true passion and purpose um, with the process. And uh, so, yeah, we had a little bit of a conversation and he's doing this exciting challenge uh, as well uh, about getting on many podcasts, which you'll hear about shortly as well. So enjoy the interview. So, yeah, thanks so much for uh, for reaching out. I love this challenge that you're doing. I consider it a yeah. challenge, definitely. Oh, yeah. 90 podcasts in uh, 90 days, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun challenge. Uh, I wanted to set a lofty expectation and see what it takes to to reach that goal. So I'm trying to share it with people out there who are interested in starting a movement. It's all about, you know, the the outreach, the communication, the the grit, the determination, overcoming rejection, creative ways that you have to approach uh, something if you really want to achieve it. Right, right. That, that's amazing. And I, I was looking into um, some of the stuff you do through your, I guess, your brand, right, or your company, Cloud9 yeah. Living. Mm-hmm. So um, I'd love to, to talk about how you, you know, how you work with people to get to, um, I, I just love the positivity of it, right? So yeah. there's, there's obviously people that are, you know, uh, focused on positivity from like a mental health perspective. Right. And, from an entrepreneurship perspective, you know, people like Gary Vee are always talking about, yeah. uh, you know, gratitude and, and, and being positive. So yeah, I'd love to know your approach with um, Cloud9. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's definitely this mentality that I've tried to take on. But the thing that I've learned is that Cloud9 is different for every single human being. Right. And right. then uh, in, in relation to, you know, our conversation here, and with what you're doing, right, it's, when I work with people, it's all about creativity, right? And it's all about how to make each cloud nine experience for each person unique to that one individual, right? So in when I when I talk to people, you know, somebody's cloud nine life could be, I'll give you an example. Um, I worked with one guy, he was a startup founder. And uh, he just wasn't feeling it. You know, he was a little bit stuck. And that's basically the criteria for people I work with. They're just, they're just stuck or they they don't know where they're supposed to be going. And one startup founder that I was working with, you know, it wasn't really a career thing. He he deviated from the norm. He, he left stability. He thought he was following his passion, but each day didn't feel fulfilled. So in order to work on his cloud nine life, we had to develop a sense of fulfillment that was a little bit different than other people because it wasn't based on a job search. It wasn't based on a, uh, you know, some sort of dramatic transformation. So for this person, when we thought about cloud nine days and and what truly lit this person up and led to that rush of euphoria that, that we think about when we get cloud nine, uh, we had to experiment, right? And with experimentation, I believe in both trial and error. And what I mean by that, Daniel, is um, not only are you going to go experiment and, you know, go to the gym and see if that lights you up and go to things that you like, like networking conferences about, I don't know, music and see if that lights you up or, or play an instrument and see if that lights you up. That's the trial part, which is great. 
But something I also focus on is the error part where you are right. in intentionally going to and doing activities that are outside your comfort zone that you know you're not going to enjoy, but then you're picking out the key components of those experiences that you did enjoy, right? So back yeah. to this startup founder, uh, basically, he thought he was never going to like going to the gym, um, went to the gym, realized that going on the treadmill was something that he really, really cherished. Turns out his cloud nine, what he needs to experience every single day is some sort of run, right? Because he actually gets runners high and he, he gets that feeling where, you know, in the middle of the day, if he's just totally wiped and he needs, you know, a couple more hours of work, he has to go on a run outside or on the treadmill in order to get back into it and have that cloud nine feeling, you know? So it's really, it's really different for every single person, but uh, it's about the process of attaining the cloud nine. Um, that's the most important thing. It's that intentionality and deliberate pursuit of getting that cloud nine feeling. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I love that, uh, that very specific example because one of the things um, working with a lot of people that are, you know, new graduates or mm -hmm. they might still be in school is they're at this age where they're, you know, a time in their life where they're looking for, you know, that thing that's going to fulfill them. And they've been promised for, you know, 15 years or so school that, you know, now I'm here, now I'm going to be in my career. And they, right. they expected that career is automatically going to be that thing. Right. So I don't know if you work with a lot of millennials or, or not, um, but people in that age range that, you know, they realize, oh, wow, now I'm in said job. I'm in my right. first year of accounting and I'm actually not liking this very much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like that, that false sense of, uh, of that expectation that they're going to, you know, reach their goals and, and be fulfilled and be happy from, from that first thing. Cause that's the only goal they've been working towards, uh, at that's least right. from people that follow con conventional, um, schedule in their life right so That's have right. you coached have you coached anyone or worked with anyone in that age group yes totally this person was in that age group and awesome. and to to be quite frank the there are basically three things that come from work-related cloud nine uh deficiencies for lack of a better term and one is that somebody has to get a new job right you go into accounting you think you're going to be fulfilled make a lot of money it's just not what you want to do so that person uh, ultimately probably needs to go for a new job search. So I help with right. that. Um, the second option would be, okay, you need to keep that accounting job. You can't just quit and find something else. You have to support a family. You have to support yourself. You have to, you know, pay your rent, right? So you keep that job, but then the exploration process, the trial and error, there's a little bit of, um, of a phase where you, you reach out to your friends and family and figure out from, from your key stakeholders in your life what you're best at and most passionate about, um, you need to find something that you're going to do on the side, a side gig, a side passion, a side hustle, uh, something that you have to look forward to after the normal work hours are over, right? So you're not just going yep. to work and then coming home and having absolutely nothing. That's the second option. Yep. And finally, the third one, is just about finding more meaning within the, the work that you're currently doing. Um, and there has to be a little bit more. That was sort of, that was sort of like with the startup founder. Um, the only thing that was going to motivate him more was by having that, that run involved every day. It sort of re-energized, recharged, resurged him into action. Absolutely. And uh, I actually 
was going to share a couple other examples of that because yeah. I had two, two friends, both from my graduating class uh -huh. uh, from high school that uh, one of them was going uh, down the path of going to medicine. So she had, you know, finished pretty much, you know, three quarters yeah. of, of the way through uh, and then ended up uh, actually deciding not to finish the final year and, uh -huh. and decided to do uh, freelance illustration mm -hmm. uh, full time, and that was obviously a huge uh, leap because of the um, uh, the whole expectations from not just herself but her family, right? And of course, right. you know, you, you've invested all of this time and this and this money. Um, but one of the things I, I think about is something I don't know if you heard of this concept um, in this in this context, which is the sunken cost fallacy, which sure. is like. Oh, you know, I've already done all these years in it, so I might as well finish it up and, and just go into it because it's not going to be worth it. But if you actually look at, you know, the span of someone's life, right? It's yeah. like those those few years of going to school, and yes, you did spend money on that, but you, it's infinite uh, potential afterwards to make up for right. that, right? Yeah, and that's sort of kind of right. yeah. Uh, yeah, the other friend uh, did go into accounting and, and really got stressed out and, and hated it and actually developed some mental health issues, mm. um, kind of putting, you know, wasn't a good, he wasn't, I don't think it was a good fit for him. And he right. tried his, his best to make it work. There was, you know, peer pressure, parental pressure, performance pressure, a very competitive person, right? And then ultimately, he ended up doing music. So mm -hmm. it's, uh, <laughs> you know, both, both uh, careers that examples in the arts definitely not as stable not as certain um yeah but but that's literally where they're able to get that cloud nine level of, yes. of happiness and fulfillment right it's exactly right and, and and you know every single cloud nine conversation i have i've had hundreds and hundreds of interviews where i i dig deeper into what creates cloud nine feelings mm -hmm. for people every mm -hmm. single one if you boil it down has to do with taking the more difficult path or doing something mm -hmm. that is more bold or courageous or doing something that is outside of the norm, right? Because, right. you know, th I think about it this way. Think about um, achieving a goal, right? Or, or that feeling of gratification that you get. Never, ever, ever have I gotten a cloud nine moment that is about instant gratification where somebody says, I got 100 likes on my Instagram post and that was a cloud nine moment. <laughs> never like that the cloud nine <laughs> moment is delayed gratification where somebody says i was working behind the scenes on this startup company and for two years i was putting in the work and then finally we launched and that launch day after two years of work was my cloud nine moment it, it, all my work came to fruition and i was able to see that work in action right and and so was that that, that was uh your example of uh your startup right chow bus um, no, that wasn't me, but okay. just, no, that wasn't me, but just, you know, somebody, people who I've, I've talked to, it's, right. it's like, you know, I was trying to give the example of if you take the road of instant gratification, it's not going to get you cloud nine, but if you delay Got the it. gratification, that's more so going to get you the cloud nine feeling. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. I do have yeah. a, a friend who's an entrepreneur who, uh, many times she's mentioned that, you know, she doesn't want to do like go for the awards and the events and speaking mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that. Now she wants to save that, right? She wants to like do the behind the scenes work yeah. and really, really, really hustle and grow now. Right. Um, so she can do that later. Right. Absolutely. And it, that's because, you know, I mean, first it's because she'll have more to talk about, right. Mm -hmm. When she does mm -hmm. do the speaking and all that good stuff. But second, it actually relates to a concept that I, I, I heard recently 
that it was so profound, but it really, and I've heard it before, but it really struck me in the right way where Cheryl Strayed, she wrote the book, um, wild and she was giving a talk and she basically said that when she does yoga, she's always frustrated because she can never look like the instructor. But one day she went up to the instructor and she said like, I'm, uh, what am I doing here? If I can never look like the way that you do yoga. Mm-hmm. And the instructor said to her, the goal of yoga is not about striking the correct pose. The goal is about reaching for it. Right. right? So with your friend, the goal is not to get up on stage and, and try to give all these talks and have these achievements in her startup. The goal is actually to become the person who reaches for getting on stage and doing all that stuff and actually experiencing that journey of what it's like to be a kind of person who can be on stage and talk about their startup and things like that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. More, more of that lived experience mm-hmm. uh, and, and not just the experience itself, but those ups and downs and the typical entrepreneurial story, right? It's yeah. like, it, that's what you, that's the, that, those are the stories you want to be able to live for and tell. Right. Um, exactly. It's nonlinear. Exactly. Yes. hundred um, percent. So I'd love to, to also talk a little bit about your, your Ted talk. Cause sure. uh, I believe you did a Ted talk. Was that at your school or? No, this was at a school in upstate New York. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm always uh, around people that are either interested in doing a TED talk or, yeah. or have recently done one. So, right. uh, I would I would love if you could um, you know share your journey to that. But absolutely, uh, you know, definitely tell us about your talk. But I'd also yeah. I'd also love some some tips on how people can uh, you know go yes. about or prepare their own TED talk. Yeah. So so for the implementable piece, I, I'd love to share with you and and listeners how to actually go ahead and attain a TED talk. Um, especially for the majority of people, because my story is I was, I was a, a nobody, I was unknown and, and I still got a Ted talk and, and I'll reflect upon how I did that right now. Perfect. Um, so basically I see a couple of different ways of getting a Ted talk. And I, I like to base this conversation off of a book that came out recently called the third door. So getting a Ted talk, there's door number one, right? where you are Simon Sinek or you're Oprah or you are whoever is out there influencing the world right now. And the TEDx organizers come to you and they say, we'd love to have you as a guest. Boom. You're through door one, right? Not all of us have that luxury of being invited to a TED talk. So we have to Mm -hmm. work a little harder. Um, Door number two is maybe you're not Oprah or you don't have a New York Times bestselling book. But you've got a growing platform and you put content out there and you have a good message to share and you have social proof and credibility and you apply for a TED Talk online with a TEDx event. And basically, you know, your, your background is able to lead you into the door, door number two, and, and you're accepted to give a TED Talk. That's door number two. Door number three was my process, right? And in my process... I, first and foremost, the logistics of it were, were twofold. One, I wanted to be in New York. I didn't want to, you know, travel by plane to this Ted talk. So I live in New York and I wanted to just drive to wherever I was going to give it. So Mm -hmm. I filtered my search by that. And then number two was that Ted, uh, speakers are normally booked about four to six months in advance. Right. So with those two criteria, I had about five talks that I saw on the TEDx website. 
What's really nice about the TEDx website is each event gives you the name of the organizer of that TEDx. So for me, I thought, I'm not Oprah. I don't really have that large of a following just yet. This was back in uh, November 2018-ish. Um, so I need, to, I need to go through the third door. I need a creative approach to doing this. And my creative approach is going to be based off of my assets, what I'm best at. And that is growing and building relationships, reaching out to people, having genuine and authentic conversations, being curious, and ultimately adding value, right? So I looked up the people who were giving these TEDx events, and I decided to reach out to them on LinkedIn. But before I reached out to them on LinkedIn, I researched these people and I looked up you know, if we had any common interests, I looked up if we had any common connections, I looked up where they went to school, what they did for a living. It was sort of like a, it was like a strategic modern day version of stalking this person, right? But uh, it was all for good use because in that research, I was also deliberately crafting a message that reached out to them in a way that wasn't just, hey, I see you're a TEDx organizer, let me speak at your event. It was more so, hey, I see you're a TEDx organizer and you've also done this and you've also done this. Well, I happen to be speaking about blah, 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 blah. So that was the way I got my foot in the door. Um, I was able to relate what they did to what I did and really place an emphasis on what they were doing and how they were adding value and then, you know, get my foot in the door and start the conversation in that way. So, you know, I sent five messages and three answered um, of those three. I would say after the conversations of trying to add value and, you know, finally asking if I could be a speaker at their event, two of them pushed me back to door number two where they said, yeah, sure. Apply. Mm -hmm. I actually didn't get those two. Um, but then the last one, it was at TEDx Clinton middle school where the organizer, Sarah and I had been chatting about how stressed kids are these days and, and especially middle schoolers and how their parents don't really know what to do and they don't have any good literature out there and there's homework and public speeches and exams that they have to prepare for and they're they're not prepared they're they're too anxious they're too nervous um, and their parents don't really know how to help so given that I knew this information and I knew that the event was for middle schoolers and their parents to come and, and listen to the speakers I basically pitched my talk in a way that said that the the value that I would add would be directed straight toward these middle schoolers and their parents. Um, I would come to the school, I would give them books. So my first book was all about this. And uh, that's how I got in through door number three. Sarah didn't even push me back to door number two. She said, I love this message so much. I'm going to invite you to be a speaker at our event. So Perfect. it's what I call creative value adding, where you are, you know, trying to work your way into uh, what you want by by doing it in a in a different way than everybody else. It's sort of mm -hmm. like in a job application process. You know, how can you not be the person who just submits your online application with thousands of other applicants? Like, what is going to make you different? What's going to make you stand out? Well, it could be through relationship building. That's definitely one way to do it, and that's that's what I really, really, really emphasize. Hundred percent, and that's awesome that you share that that specific process because yeah yeah as you mentioned the same thing can apply to applying for jobs, uh, grant applications, kind of anything you're doing, working with a partner or a sponsor, uh, you know, and 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 getting gigs, getting booked, right? So yeah, I think uh, yeah, what's really important is to be genuine and authentic, and and as you mentioned, you're connecting that on something. 
Yeah, you're connecting on something that is obviously very important to both you and the person that you're speaking with. Right. Um, and that's how you can find a way to collaborate. And who knows, that could turn into more than just a TED Talk, right? Exactly. So, yeah, that, that's awesome. Um, now, I also, uh, last thing I wanted to touch on. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, as, as many people know, I, I also, you know, my main focus right now is that I run a creative agency, but I also mm-hmm. uh, have a nonprofit that I started way back oh, when amazing. I was in high school. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and, and, and that organization specifically now, like the second half of, of its lifespan over the last, you know, 12, 13 years is actually to help um, empower other young leaders to start their own initiatives, whether that cool. be so, yeah, an event, a social enterprise. Um, so I, I would love to know, um, you know, if you do have any tips or what your tip would be to a young leader who's looking to start something. Um, cause I did notice as well, I'll just give, uh, you know, anyone listening some context. Yeah. Um, you, you had another presentation or, or keynote that you gave, uh, about the importance of service. Right. Mm-hmm. And, right. and for me, that was something that I learned back in high school. Uh, and I've always, you know, there was a motto at my school, which was to trust, to risk, to love and to serve. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was kind of the, the catalyst for me starting this organization was right. a service, a trip I did uh, overseas. So yeah, yeah I, would, I would love to hear your tips for any young people who are looking to start making some type of impact. Yeah, so I'll definitely give one overarching, just, just thought, one tangible piece of advice and one mindset piece of advice. So the overarching thought is that in anything we do, uh, fulfillment comes from impacting others. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even if you want to make a million billion dollars and it's, it's all for yourself and you, and you want material wealth or whatever, um, at the end of the day, it's, it's all for other people. It's either for your family or it's going to be, that's how you're going to feel the most fulfilled. Yep. Yep. Um, so that's, that's the importance of service. It's that we need to have something in our lives that is much greater than ourselves. Um, we, we absolutely need that. And that's, you know, but benevolence is a chapter in the journey to cloud nine book that's going to be coming out. And, uh, it it is a key ingredient of having a cloud nine moment is acts of benevolence, what we can do for other people, especially those who are less fortunate. So for those out there who are thinking about it, it is, it is the number one thing you can have in your life that leads to pure and uninterrupted happiness. Um, the mindset shift that I'd like to have for you, if you're just maybe thinking about starting an initiative, but you're not really sure, or you're scared or intimidated, or you don't know where to start, is this. Um, I, I believe that the thing that drives me to do every single thing that I do is that I fear the what if so much more than I fear the what, right? So mm-hmm. what, what I'm saying here is in my junior year of college, there was an idea I had to start an Alzheimer's awareness organization where we would do support and fundraising and volunteering um, and education and really bring Alzheimer's awareness to the undergraduate level at my university. Um, I, I was scared. I didn't know whether I should start it. I didn't know how to start it. I'd never done it. I thought it was a lot of work. I, I didn't even know if there was going to be a following for it. I didn't know, you know, what, who were my, who was, who were my customers? Who were my, my clientele? I, I didn't know. Um, but the thought that kept running through my mind was this, it's, am I more scared of actually doing this and starting it and learning about it and figuring it out and failing and and trying again? Or am I more scared to think about five years from now, 
never having started this, asking myself, what if I would have started that organization? What would have come of it? What would I have done? What kind of relationships would I have built? Who would I have helped? Yes, yes. what, What scares you more? And for me, the fear of the what if always overcomes the fear of the what. So every time I have an idea, I, uh, the first thing I do is just get started. I get started. And then this leads me right into the, the tangible piece of advice. It's for anyone out there, again, who wants to start something and you've, you've let that fear of the what if overcome the fear of the what and you're ready to go. Um, the first you know, entrepreneurial piece of advice I would have is to build a minimum viable product. And that is not, you know, that's not specific to, to product based companies, but it's, it's to build a minimum viable approach, a stereotype, uh, sorry, a prototype, a, uh, a, a least work possible example of what you're going to put out there into the world. Right. So I'll go back to that Alzheimer's organization for me. Um, I wanted this big group that raised money and, and had support groups and did education and fundraising. So my minimum viable product for that was a simple meeting where I put flyers up on campus and I said, hey, I'm meeting. If you have a family member or a friend who's affected by Alzheimer's, come to this meeting. When 37 people showed up and, and we chatted about our Alzheimer's related stories, uh, I knew that minimum viable product had some legs to it. Right. So whatever yep. it is that you want to start. Uh, get started with a a version, a smaller version of it, um, and and see if if it has legs. Exactly, and obviously yeah. in the startup world, you know that's called a a, a beta test, or even yeah. before that, and you know in other areas it's called a pilot project. And yeah. of course, uh, what I've always talked about with my entrepreneurship journey, some of my uh, blog content videos, is always about actually starting uh start now right my whole you know my whole agency it's literally called now exactly yeah for for a reason so yeah so i I think jordan that's an awesome way to uh to kind of wrap up i do as well Um, yeah you have to connect by the way i was just on um i was just on a podcast with somebody who's I think the title is just like start now or do it now or something like that. Amazing. Yeah. I will, I will check that out. Uh, and, and, and for everyone, uh, just get started. It was just get, started. just get started. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. A lot of, it's a, it's a huge thing. I see it very often. People uh, overthink things or get into their head and they don't want to take action, but it's, um, it's, it's starting small, right? If you can yeah. start small, then you can obviously eventually get that to where you want to be uh, yeah. and, and learn along the way. So, uh, for everyone who wants to hear about those other episodes, uh, we'll, we'll include a link to Jordan's uh, a series of podcasts, the 90 uh, episodes he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, wh- which one will this be, Jordan? Do you know what number? <laughs> this is like 76. Amazing. Okay. Yeah, so you're on, there. on the tail end. Amazing. So uh, yeah, like I said, uh, Jordan, if you can let everyone know where they can contact you uh, after the the uh after they listen i will include those links so yeah, yeah where where can we find you yeah so journey to cloud9.com that's all spelled out journey to cloud com. and all i ask is that you put your your name in the in the top bar there and you'll you put your email in the top bar there and you'll get added to the list where i do updates of all things cloud9 related um info on the book cloud9 moments of people describing the happiest they've ever been and then at that website as well, you can see this, my own journey to, to 90 podcasts, find mm-hmm. out more about me and, and you can contact me there as well. Perfect. Well, thank you so much again, Jordan, for your time. And uh, 
hopefully we will connect when next time in, in New York. Yeah, absolutely, Daniel. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Thank you so much. This was great. All right, take care. All right, you too. All right, bye. Bye-bye.